throws it late for the end zone. Kelsey wide open. Touchdown! Hey, it's Travis Kelsey, and you're listening to the official Broad City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. KCSP Kansas City, WDAFHD2 Liberty, an Odyssey station. Football, energy drinks, beer, more football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome back, Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero. Mizzou with the field goal, 13-7 over Army. Second quarter, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. We're carrying this game over in 981. Do you think FM. Mizzou fans care about this game? Yeah, because I think they're excited. They're excited like, to see. Like, really what, care. Well, like, they're like, they're going to be mad if they hey lose man. this game tonight. Like, well, do you think they're going to be mad if they lose tonight? No, I, I, no absolutely they're not going to be mad. The, uh, Missouri fans are hyped about Luther Burden coming in the, the second best receiver in the country or best receiver in the country depends on what you're looking at. They're excited about Luther Burden coming to Mizzou. This is a great draft class or recruiting. Again, again, I'm talking too much football recruiting class (laughs) for Missouri. It's a great, it's in top five in the sec. I mean, this is, they're excited about that. This is just fun. Just fun to see some of these guys play. Obviously Tyler Beatty, sec's leading rusher. He's not not playing playing in this game again, but it's still their team playing football, which is the last time you're going to see them. I mean, they're going to the spring game. They're going to watch. The, they're watching the game, but like, do you think they care? No, nah, there's, there's nothing. Do you think they really unless, care? unless you're in the playoffs or the New Year's Eve six, yeah. and even New Year's Eve games, a lot of teams don't care because they don't try. Like teams that just barely get out of the playoffs and they're stuck, you know, in the New Year's Eve bowl. We've seen Bama do this. They go there and they don't care and they get swamped because all your guys don't play. Which you know why they don't play because draft stock goes down. And there's so many opt-outs of the bowl games as we sit right now, but I digress. Uh, Chris, we'll get to this uh, MVP talk in just a little bit and some uh, interesting things from Michael Irvin as well. I think I got a little hot take on this. I I like a little bit hot take. Hot takes are welcome here. A little bit hot take. Phone line 913-576-7610. Jay Southland, Toe Service text line 913-576-7610. It's rather warm outside, still a little cool of it, but the hot takes will warm everybody else. Yeah, it's going to be a hot Christmas after this take. Pro Bowl came out tonight, as I mentioned, six Chiefs in the Pro Bowl starters. Orlando Brown, Chris Jones, Tyreek Hill, as far as your starters. Um, but the Honey Badgers going to the Pro Bowl, not starting. Travis Kelsey's going. Patrick Mahomes going as well. Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers, uh, talked about talked about Melvin Ingram and why that they would why would they would trade him to the Kansas City Chiefs, knowing damn well they had to play him. At the end of the year. And Pittsburgh knew they were going to be in contention or fighting for playoff spot at the end of the year. It's kind of like the Ravens. And I know the Ravens beat the Chiefs, even though it's put on a silver platter for them in Baltimore. But they sent Orlando Brown, the Kansas City Chiefs. Orlando Brown starting in the Pro Bowl, by the way. And the Ravens traded him to one of their nemesis, which the Ravens were hampered by injuries. You saw this. The Ravens could have used Orlando Brown this year. Could have really used him this year, to be honest with you. And then you got Melvin Ingram going to Kansas City for a sixth-round pick. And let's be honest, he's rejuvenated this defense. He's he's brought guys up. They respected him. They like his play, Melvin Ingram. Hell, he was out there winning coin tosses left and right against the Chargers. But Melvin Ingram has raised the play of this defense. And it's no coincidence when he's in there, it gave you the flexibility. And here's the funny thing about it. Tomlin was going on and on about how Chris Jones is, especially when he could play in the middle. Well, he afforded him the opportunity to do that and go back inside because he traded Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs. And that's the one thing that I would never do, Chris, if I was a GM, is trade a player 
to a contending team, either in my division or someone that I view outside the division as a contender that I'm going to have to play. You know what? NFC. NFC, go. I'm not trading you to, unless it's an NFC team i got to play at the end of the year. You're not going there. Not going to do it. Look, I, I, I understand that line of thinking. I under, look, I understand. Do you think Belichick would ever do this, or do you think Andy Reid ever do this? No. No, but, I mean, they usually don't do a whole lot of trading in season regardless. Because well, they always win. I mean, wins Yeah, they, they usually are pretty confident about their teams. I mean, the only reason why they, they moved Gilmore, the, the Patriots moved Gilmore, is because of the contract situation. Yeah, teams that have won so. 10 straight games for seven seasons in a row don't trade players. But, like, I... I don't think the Steelers, I don't think Tomlin looks at the Steelers team as a contending team. You know, like if they were like, Oh, I do. Cause he's not, he doesn't give up. I, yeah, he doesn't. And I think he's trying, but I don't think he's like, we're going to win the Super Bowl. And I, I, and I, I respect, I, I kind of respect the gangster of Tomlin with, with how he explained why he did it. Cause he said that he didn't, that the in, Ingram didn't want to be there. And, and he wants people that are there. And I, I'll tell you this. I, I, I got to respect that because to me, that's my mindset with a lot of things. Like if you don't want to be here, we don't need jazz. And I, I feel like that's how you should be as a team. You need to value yourself. And if a guy is not going to be part of, not, not willing to give everything to be a part of the team, then you need to get him out of here. Because at the end of the day, you want guys that want to be there. Because unless they're the, the ones guy, that unless Ingram makes a strip sack fumble that knocks you out of the playoff. Yeah, but like, <laughs> they're, not, back and they're, bite you. But they're not a contender though. Like I know they're going to, they're, they have a good chance to make what? the playoffs. This, this is their last draw. I mean, yeah. I thought going in this year, I mean, last year, listen, they got to 11 and 0, which was the best record ever for the Steelers to start a season. You yeah. have to go back to 1978 with a seven and 0. But it was false, though, right? It reminded you of those Wild West towns that look so good, and then back they're just held up by the cart, the, those the cardboard yeah, towns, the, the yeah. facade of the facility. <laughs> yeah. And then they had all those free agents, and they get rid of Bud Dupree and stuff like this, and, they, and then Juju comes back for just one more year. This is, it was to make one last run with Big Ben. That's what this year was about: one last run for Pittsburgh, bringing back Juju. You have the magic of T.J. Watt on that defensive line, up already up to seventeen and a half sacks. Just one last run. See if we can get the postseason. See what we can do. And I felt that's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons they signed Melvin Ingram. Because Melvin Ingram could have gone to several different places. But on July 20th, he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he had visited Kansas City, one of the places he visited. This is what uh, Mike Tomlin said about that trade to Ingram on his 30-minute press conference. 30 minutes. We didn't weigh, we didn't weigh their circumstances, no. Um, we weighed our circumstances. Uh, not only the tangible element of our circumstances, but the intangible quality that makes up team. Like I mentioned, when we moved them, we had an opportunity to get value for them. And so that was entertaining and interesting to us. But also, to be quite honest with you and blunt, Melvin no longer wanted to be here. And for us, uh, we prefer volunteers as opposed to hostages. <laughs> and, and, and we believe that that's a formula that really allows <laughs> us too, to come guy. together in ways that you can't measure to do the things that we were able to do last week, to smile collectively in the face of adversity and do what's required to get out of stadiums with necessary wins. And so that's just more of a function of us and the things that we value and less about Kansas City, the things that they needed or the, or, or the prospects of playing them later in the season. So there you go. Mike Tomlin, again, he, he says, the guy is, I'm going to put it this way, he's detailed to the hilt. I mean, his press conferences, because I always watch the visiting coaches, 
And a lot of times they'll say, well, you know, number 54 is good. And you got to watch him and all that. Tomlin knows your name. He knows where you went to college. And he knows your strengths and weaknesses. He probably even knows your 40 times. You know why? He knows your kids' names. He knows your cousin. From, he knows everything. He knows your cousin down the street. He knows everybody. He would be one of the great trash talkers if you were played in the NFL. Oh, yeah, if he John, did. He'd be he like John Randall. Everything. John Randall yeah. used to study he knew the his opponent's uh, media guide, right, to know all about you. Yeah. Like, that's what John Randall used to do. But anyway, so – Coaches typically have nine, ten-minute press conference, sometimes 15. Dude goes a half an hour, 26 minutes, 30 minutes on each team. And he speaks for about the first 10 or 11 minutes without taking a question. And he's not reading the cue card. I watched his press conference. And not only that, there's a little B-roll behind it. because They really, they like really detailed. But he'll tell you everything about your, your players, whether he went to school. He'll bring up stats you hadn't heard yet. Like Tomlin just rolls. But the Melvin Ingram thing, a Pittsburgh uh, Post-Gazette guy, wrote about Ingram and compared his, his numbers similar to Pittsburgh. He's not doing anything for Kansas City. And I was like, that's not true, man. You're going off the sack numbers again in Pittsburgh and Kansas City. But what he's meant to this team, we've heard the press conferences. They say, why do you play violent? I like violence. Like, I play violently. Even Spag says he brings the violence and rubs off on the other people. Chris, that's bringing an attitude. That's giving a team a jolt midseason like, like Melvin Ingram did that – they're, 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 he's rubbing off on him. The whole violent the talk, and the, he reminds me of Terrell Suggs. And as far as the off the field stuff, but he gives you more on the field stuff than what Terrell Suggs did. But he helps change that mindset. This isn't a soft team at all, and he brings the noise each and every week. The dude plays angry, and that's what I like about him because I think it does rub off on people. Yeah, I I think we got to understand though that that don't always work for every team though. Because, like, just because you are a, w- a certain way doesn't mean you fit in, you jive with that team that you're with. Like, you remember Suggs was in Arizona, didn't quite work out. He had wanted to go there because he's from the Phoenix area. He wanted to go there. It was cool. It, it worked. It, it was cool, but it didn't work. And then he he ends up going to – he gets up, end up getting released, clears waivers, goes to Kansas City. And all of a sudden – it's like he was rejuvenated. He started having an impact on games again. I feel like we we got to understand that just because a player doesn't work, like works for one team doesn't mean they were going to work for other teams. And so for me, it's like I, I can understand why people would be, oh, why did the Steelers give up Ingram? He's so good for the Chiefs. But at the same time, like sometimes you don't mesh with the culture. Sometimes you don't mess with the coaching. Uh, and sometimes you don't mess with your teammates. But here in Kansas City, it's a lot easier for guys to to fit in. And Kansas City makes decisions about talent, too, based on how they'll fit in the culture. To me, that's not looking at stats, the pressures, the thing yeah. like that, but the intangibles. Yeah. What do you mean to your teammates? It's like, you know, when Melvin Ingram, you know, was here, he was talking about, he was asked a question just a couple of weeks ago, and he was, why do you play violent? It's a physical game. I just go out and it's a legal way to be violent. Legal way to be violent. <laughs> legal way then to Spags, be violent. Spags was asked. He was talking about Melvin Ingram. He brings up the violence. He's playing angry. I, I say that to him all the time. I said, you play angry. I love it. You got everybody else getting angry, too. Um, he's had a couple of plays. You know, there was one even in the Raiders game the last time where he just knocks people around. Um, and I think that's contagious, and that helps us. Um, there are times you write about the sack. That's not just about sacks. It's... Uh, if he's demanding a double team or if he's driving somebody into the quarterback, the quarterback's got to move his feet, and then he falls into somebody else. So those kind of things is uh, are what we're getting, and it's, it's, it's helping. So, I mean, it's rubs off on other people. It's, it's, it's his own coach saying this. 
This is Steve Spagnola that wears Super Bowl rings. That's him saying this. You know, that's not me saying to Chris, it's not you. He, this guy has an influence. I remember Frank Clark, you know, right away was talking about looking up to Melvin Ingram. Like I'm during a press conference. I looked up to the guy and I'm Andy Reid's going, yeah, I mean, sometimes you make these moves and they don't fit in. He like fit right in. I mean, these are credible people at the NFL saying this and you're seeing the way he plays, seeing the influence that he has and home run for the Kansas City Chiefs, Melvin Ingram. Yeah. It's the guy I won in the office. And you know this too, Chris. Yes. You talked about I was talking about Melvin Ingram. I didn't want Justin Houston. I didn't want you to tell me any other name. Melvin freaking Ingram. Yeah, he and and you know, obviously you you're definitely right. You can pat yourself on the back like you you do with all the, the Mahomes pick and all the other guys. Like Cooper Cup should have been here. Cooper yeah. Cup, yeah, you pat yourself on the back. I would have a hell of a team. I'm, I go. I can't make these picks. <laughs> oh really? Wyatt Teller just made the Pro Bowl. You would have. A I had the Chiefs picking him in the fifth round. You would have. You know where he went? He's all pro. He's he's actually all pro. He's was uh, picked by the Bills in the fifth round, traded uh, to the Browns. I'm just saying, Chris, you, I have you, a pretty good you, team. You'd have a pretty good team, Mike. I do agree Thank with you. that. You, you do make some good It's, it's why I do these mock drafts every year and have so much fun with it. Like, build my team. I, I, will, I will say this, man. Like, I I do feel like the the Steelers are one of those teams. Like, they're like the, the prime example of what the NFL is for most teams. Which is, you're not going to win the Super Bowl, but you'll look good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, and, and you'll do good enough so that a lot of players will get paid. Your coaches will get paid, but you're not like an elite team by any stretch of the imagination, but you're like a quarterback away from it. And I don't think the Steelers look at themselves as championship contenders, but I I do think that they, they look at themselves as we got a nice little core. If we can get ourselves a quarterback, like an Aaron Rodgers, we might have ourselves a pretty damn great team. And I'll tell you this, like, if Rodgers were to go to, to Pittsburgh in the offseason, you got your number two team in the in the AFC right now. Maybe even number one, but I, definitely number two. And uh, I think you'd have some pretty exciting matchups in the future in the uh, in the American Football Conference. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Coming up next, though, Chris, get that hot take going. Michael Irvin, he joined Cody and Gold, right? He had some good things to say about Tyree Kill. And, of course, the MVP as well, because I'm going to talk about the National Football League MVP. And I'll you can talk about Irvin. You know, Irvin didn't think the Chiefs would make the playoffs. He even said it. He even said it. And Travis Kelsey called him out for it after the game. Haters really have to hate this weekend because this weekend just made the Chiefs look great all the way around. Explain next. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bink at Night. Jay Binkley, Kristen Ocero. Speaking of Nate Taylor, I did a show with uh, Nate Taylor on Mondays, 7 8. It's always great this stuff from the athletic. He normally joins the drive Fridays, but because there's no show on Fridays, because what's Christmas Eve, then uh, he'll be in the morrow with me. He'll be in the morrow uh, with me. I'll be doing the drive from 4 to 5, and we'll keep you updated on who's on the COVID list, who's off the COVID list for the Kansas City Chiefs. And by the way, Chris, uh, guess what? Uh, so uh, Pro Football Focus went out and put their Pro Bowl team out too. You know, like enough of this uh, real Pro Bowl team. We've got to have our own, right? Yeah. Kind of like you at UCF. They go by their grades. They go by their grades. <laughs> Joe Burrow's their starter in the AFC, followed by Herbert. Get the hell out of here. I'm just saying, by, by rating, Get the hell. Burrow's 90.4, Herbert 89.2. I'm just saying. That could make me have to hit the dump button. And they have Tyree Kills, the top receiver in the, in the AFC okay, for I that. Can, I can live with that. And they have Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews at tight end, just okay, like uh, live with that. Just like what we have with our friends. Joe guess, Burrow. Guess who the center is? 
<laughs> Better be Creed. It's Creed. 90.4 <laughs> rating. Corey Lindsay, who's in the Pro Bowl, 84.3. Joe Burrow. So uh, Creed, Creed Humphrey, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, just go ahead and put your <laughs> put that put that in your Wikipedia page. Pro Football Focus first team. Dude, do you think Creed? Do you think really like Creed is young and so like he cares about it? You think Creed's gonna care about this five years from now? No, he's got no. a song about him in a video already. Yeah, like he's like he's loving the love from Kansas City. Do you think five years from now Creed's gonna care about this Pro Bowl? No, no, he was drafted, you know, and then as a rookie, you're starting for Patrick Mahomes. You're starting yeah, for a team that's number one that. in the AFC. Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin uh, certainly had some fun with him uh, this past week, Chris, and so Travis Kelsey. Don't forget, this was around Halloween, and you know he, he did on NFL Network. He took a fork to a pumpkin. And the Chiefs are done; they're carved up. Uh, he said this though on first take. They went back to back Super Bowls. That's right. what we're playing. So now you got to match that intensity when you have all the doubt that you have. I remember Dion coming in that room one day when we were talking. We had just lost another game. And he's like, Mike, we got to do something about it. I looked at him. I said, Time, it's over. Yeah. The dynasty is over. That dynasty, right now, as we know it, the Kansas City Chiefs, it's over. They will not get to the playoffs this year. Nobody's even talking about their schedule. They can come out of these next four games going into the bye at one and three. They can lose these. They, they, they got a tough their next schedule four? coming up. They got New York. Then they got Green Bay, Las Vegas, and Dallas. They can lose all yeah, three of those games. That now. is a gauntlet. That's, That's what you call a freezing cold take. That is an icy cold freezing take by Michael Irvin. And you know what? Travis Kelsey, after the game with the Chargers, was right there with Michael Irvin, and he was about it. No, wait, wait, wait. Let's go back to that. What do you mean you sick of all the haters and one five the real deal? What what are you I heard some guys, <laughs> I heard some guys saying we weren't gonna make the playoffs. I heard some guys saying one five isn't the best quarterback in the league. You know, it's just uh it's a lot of love for everybody on this team for fighting through adversity tonight and getting the win. So that's Travis Kelsey uh laying it down on one Michael Irvin. I laughed out loud. I saw that live and I laughed out loud. I was like, bro, like there's going to be so many people that are going to, they're, they're not going to do it immediately, but they're going to slowly backtrack. Cause the, you know, when the chiefs get the one, they were like, Oh, okay. Well they really are the best team. The, this, wrong. this weekend, the haters couldn't have hated it more. Oh yeah. Like the chiefs haters, the ones that buried the chiefs, Colin Cowherd, Ryan Skip Clark. Bayless, Ryan Clark. This team is broken. And you're talking about being one of the best broadcasters Patriots out there. Patriots are the best team in the AFC. Patriots are the best team in the AFC. And then all of a sudden they go, man, damn, the Chiefs are the number one seed. It, it couldn't have been worse because Thursday night the Chiefs were technically the number one seed. They had to hold third. They had to have things go their way. Well, you know, things to go their way. They needed the Colts to beat the Patriots. And you know what? They were up 20 to nothing there for a while, Chris. And, boy, it looked good. But then here come the Patriots back. But. Jonathan Taylor sealed the deal with the long run and, and knocked the Patri or knocked the Patriots, but this was strike one for the haters. The Colts topped the Patriots for the first time since 2009, and they improved their record to eight and six, two games over 500 for the first time this season. All right, at this point, you're adding a few ice cubes to your haterade drink. Because okay, okay, okay. Well, the Titans just need to beat the Steelers, right? If the Titans beat the Steelers, they're the number one seed, not the Chiefs. 25 seconds left, and that'll do it. The Pittsburgh Steelers have pulled off a miraculous win by six points over the visiting Titans. A miraculous win. <laughs> 
that's how you know the Steelers were not expecting to win very many. They couldn't beat a punchless. They were they were happy to beat a miraculous victory over a punchless Titans. The bottom Titans line. The team. bottom line there is Chris. What do the haters say then? Because then all of a sudden, oh mm-hmm. no. Well, now the Chiefs are the number one seed, right? Yeah, oh, no. Shannon Sharp. What are we doing? Shannon Travis Sharp. Kelsey signed jersey. It was, it was done with the Chiefs being a Super Bowl team because he's been on the bandwagon. But he said this. I mean, Shannon Sharp was crushing the Chiefs after their fifth straight win. Yeah, after the after he beat the Broncos game. in the fifth straight win, he wanted to take apart the Chiefs. And then this week, he ran out of things to say. Oh, the Buccaneers are the best team in football. Then Tom Brady goes out and gets shut out for the first time since 2006. Against whom? Nick Saban when he was back with the Miami Dolphins. Number one offense in the NFL, going against the 13th best defense in the NFL, a team that wasn't even 500, losing at home in epic fashion. Uh Uh-oh. Not good. Packers struggled against a team riddled with COVID and injuries more than any team in the National Football League, the Ravens. The Ravens could have beat them, by the way, too, if they didn't do a stupid two-point conversion where they looked at one guy, Mark Andrews, and that was it because they could have got the two-point conversion. I'm, I like the decision. Oh, but I, I love like – no, decision. wait a Chris. I love the decision. I hated the play. Yeah, it was a bad play. I mean, Holly, you got to give them the sprint the option, option to run or throw. They, Hollywood Brown was wide open in the end zone, wide open. But he's looking at Mark Andrews the whole time and throws it right to him. Yeah. But again, Packers didn't look great, did they? And how about the Cardinals? Everybody loved the Cardinals. They wouldn't get their ass kicked by the Detroit Lions. <laughs> they lost on a damn Lions. There couldn't the be a better-looking weekend for the Kansas City Chiefs where the haters just had to shut up. And now they wake up and look today, and oh, my God, the Chiefs averaged more points per drive than any team in the National Football League? How can they do this? Mahomes is broken. Tyreek Hill. Second, the National Football League's in receptions, over 1,000 yards. Travis Kelsey going to the Pro Bowl, over 1,000 yards for the sixth straight year. How do you think they get the football, the Magic Fairy? No, Mahomes throws it to him. Man, what a bad weekend for the haters, man. <laughs> they could just shut up, man. Seriously. They're paid They're paid to talk mess. Because so. I, I feel this way like with the Royals in 14. It's like people, because they get like 10 seconds at the end of yeah. MLB tonight. Yeah. And people, it was a quick pitch with Heidi Watney there. Where the Royals? We need Royals highlights. You know what? I said, just make them do it, man. Make <laughs> them cover you when you get to the World Series. Because you know what? ESPN, MLB Network, they'll have to come here. They don't want to, right? They, they like they, the nice location. They sure didn't like staying at the Adams, Mark, back then. Well, they didn't even want to go to Milwaukee to cover the Bucks <laughs> no, last year, right? Because Milwaukee went to section place to go. But you know no. what? Flip them off and say, damn it, cover us. Because you have to because we're in the in the big dance. Yeah. You have to cover us. Make them do it. It's like the Chiefs right now are making people shut up. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. What's up, Big T? Hey, uh, hey, Bink and Chris. Yeah, good stuff, man. You're right. Man, I like how you guys are, you know, backing our Chiefs and six ten always brings us the Royals coverage in. Uh, you know, just the kick ass Chiefs coverage and all the haters. You just kind of see the cream rising to the top, Bink. You just see it. But uh, before I get rolling here, I want to wish uh, Chiefs Kingdom a Merry Christmas, all the listeners, and especially. Uh, six ten. You guys do an outstanding job for all us sports junkies out there, man. We well, really we've got to have listeners, Big T. Thank you. Hey, Merry Christmas well, we, to you. you know, we, yeah, Merry Christmas to you guys. Uh, and so, if everybody out there, hey, uh, OSP, we're going to be closed th- uh, Friday and Saturday all day. So, if you want your uh, your OSP fix, you better get it tomorrow. Old shiny or, pizza for those that don't know the acronym. Yeah, or get it Sunday for the Chiefs game. Actually, it's abbreviation. It's going to be on, but uh, yeah, they're giving us a nice break, man. We work our tails off. Acronym. So, so, it's not an acronym. So, 
So, Bink um, and Chris, uh, you're right, man. I mean, uh, Michael Irvin, uh, all, all, all the, the Colin Cowherds and all these guys. I mean, why, when are they going to get things straight? When are they going to get their minds straight that, damn it, uh, 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 Patrick Mahomes has the Bill Russell gene, everybody. And if anybody don't know who that is, Bill Russell was a legendary basketball player who won championship after championship after championship, thought that organization was done. Red Arbick retired, and he was player coach, and they still won a championship. So so our whole team, not just not, not just our, the, the king of arms and, and the best trigger man in the league, he has that Bill Russell gene. And I'm just run, throwing it out there. If he has three spectacular games down the, down the finish, and maybe not even spectacular, but the way he leads his team back, the way we've been winning, uh, you saw all the other all the other contenders. They had their chance, but they didn't pounce. You didn't you didn't put your foot on the Chiefs' necks and stomp them out. Everybody, we got the best coach. Uh, Andy Reid keeps calling them plays, but I'm thinking Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he could be a contender for this MVP thing, Bink. You know, uh, and and you know if you're not going to give it all these bungled up quarterbacks, other than Patrick Mahomes. I think Jonathan Taylor should be the MVP because if you take him away from the Indianapolis Colts, they are nothing. Because Carson Wentz is, is bad. That guy is just – he's horrible. And, and, and that defense is pretty good, and they got to get off the line. But if you took Jonathan Taylor off the Colts, and I know they don't like giving it to the running back, but that's my guy right now. He's the leader. Look at how that team's rolling. And I'll tell you what, everybody has this Colts thing in their mind. I don't. I'm not afraid of the Colts because I think we could kick their ass just like everybody else we've been doing. Well, you know what, Big T? I love the MVP stuff. We'll get to it here in just a second, but I want to tell you a Merry Christmas, okay? Hey, I appreciate you, Bink, and, and, and let's go out and pick them, uh, beat them Pittsburgh Steelers this weekend, COVID or not. And as always, let's go Chiefs and bring that victory home. Thanks, Big T. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor's been fantastic. Did I he really... say Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh? It's not like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. He said Pittsburgh. I thought he said Pittsburgh. I was like, oh, that's, no, actually, Pittsburgh. that's an interesting That's an interesting name. No, he said, he said Pittsburgh. That's no, fine. You can call it whoever you want. Steel, I, <laughs> seriously, I don't care what you call that team. But the bottom line is, is yeah, there's the MVP talk. Well, who's going to be? Because, yeah, you know, the quarterbacks, they may not be in it. Jonathan Taylor, love that. But there's another name. There's another name in the MVP race. And I think, I think we need to pay attention to him, Chris. I'll tell you who that is, and Chris will fire up his hot takes next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night, Jay Binkley, Chris Unocero. MVP this season. Not on my team. Remember Johnny Gums? I think it's interesting. Now, Aaron Rodgers is the betting favorite at this point. Aaron Rodgers surged ahead. Will a quarterback win it or not? Because I think there's some interesting things involving the MVP and which direction it goes. As a matter of fact, uh, here's Kyle Brandt, who uh, joins Cody and Gold each and every Monday, and he joins Fesco in the morning on Fridays. Of course, he's on MLB, the ne- uh, in a, not MLB, NFL Network. Good morning, <laughs> football. I'm getting all sorts of twisted up tonight. Here's Kyle Brandt this week. Who's the MVP? I think Brady's out. I do. Ooh. Out. Um, I do. I don't think he's going to win it. I, it, I think that, that a lot of people watched that game. He played terribly. He didn't conduct himself great. He, he got shut out for the first time in 15 years. I think we had a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Kyler's out. He's not winning it. Kyler Murray was going to be the fun story for a second. I don't know. He's out. Yeah. 
I think Brady's out. Um, I think that Rodgers is going to face a heavy voter prejudice against him from the voters, and I don't agree with that because I think it should be all on the field, but I think he has a lot to overcome to win it. i got to tell you guys, I didn't think this was possible. I think Taylor is right back in it and I'll, because not only because the Colts are surging. If, if you're going to do something special like win the MVP as a running back, you have to have at least a couple of Heisman moments. You have to have Charles Woodson returning the punt for a touchdown and hitting the pose. You have to have Desmond Howard. You have to have – that was – uh, nationally televised Saturday night, a lot of eyes on the NFL for football reasons and other reasons. Uh, a Patriots team that hasn't lost in seven games, and he had the Heisman moment. That win, that could have done it. And if they come running and he hits 2,000 yards, these quarterbacks are kind of canceling each other out. I, I really don't think that Brady is going to win it. I think that there's already a little bit of fatigue with him, like a little bit of a Michael Jordan factor where they would just one year, ah, give it to Carl Malone, whoever. And a 9 yeah. nothing shutout, like the MVP doesn't get shut out. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees were never shut out once in their entire career. Brady has now done it a few times, and he's been in, in, in the middle of an MVP race in December. It was, it was bad. So who would Kyle Brandt vote for MVP? He just said who he thinks is going to win. Who would he actually vote for? I think if I was voting, I'd vote for Rodgers. I think he's the best player. Yeah. And when the Packers were without him against the Chiefs, God, they sucked. I mean, they were really, really, really bad. bad. So I, in, that, in that sense, he was truly the most valuable. I think these voters are uh, snobby, and I think that they uh, carry a lot of vendettas, and whether it's the off-season stuff before the season or the in-season COVID stuff, I, I think there's a lot of people who are not going to vote for them, and I think that's really lame, and that's not how I would do it, but I think it's a real thing. Now, here's what I think is really lame. You know, he does make a point. He says MVPs don't get shut out, right? But he said he'd vote for Rodgers. Do we forget Rodgers lost 38-3? to Weren't shut out, but they lost 38-3 to this year to the Saints. Aaron Rodgers threw for 133 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. <laughs> Happened bad. this NFL season. No, he wasn't shut out, but he got his ass kicked 38-3 to by the Saints. And Saints are beating all these MVPs, man, and between Box and, and the Packers. And we also have to remember that he was missing his two best receivers. And it was in, game one? It was game no, one? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about uh, Tom oh, Brady. Missing anyway, his two best receivers during it, that game for I, most of I'm it. With, Rodgers is, is the betting favorite at this point. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, if you get shut out, you're not the MVP. He had a bad game. And we have to look at the circumstances around, especially when you got COVID and everything else with guys. And then, yeah, losing your two best receivers and losing your running back four and a half, that's three big hits they yeah, took. Yeah, yeah. We still wonder. They're just, come on in, Antonio Brown, back. Come on, welcome oh, back. Oh, yeah, we'll walk you back open we'll arms, back man. To the club. We not going to let you go. Jonathan Taylor, he had an MVP type moment when he sealed that game against the uh, Patriots. That touchdown around that put, put him in there, but 1,500 yards. Again, the 17-game season, could he get to 2,000 and get in that club? I think so. He's the only running back that averages over 100 yards a game rushing. Or no, no, I take that back. Derrick Henry did. I mean, currently playing, Derrick Henry averaged 117, which is ridiculous. He averages 108.4. But the funny thing is, like Derrick Henry, as good a season he was having, he got 937 yards in eight games. And he, same impact on that team that Jonathan Taylor has with the Colts. Same impact with Henry. But you know what? Henry was never listed like top five MVPs. He was always like down. You know what I'm saying? So Derrick Henry would be pissed if Taylor got the MVP. Because he wasn't getting that run for MVP, even though we know damn well he's the best running back yeah. in professional football. So that's Kyle Brandt's thought that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Again, a running back hasn't won this thing since 2012. Michael Irvin, as we mentioned, was on with uh, Cody and Gold uh, today. Actually, Alex had him on. This is who he put for MVP. It, it's a clear-cut Aaron Rodgers, dog. When you see Aaron Rodgers throw that football, it's insane that what he's throwing that football. 
It is incredible how he throws the football. It's clear-cut Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. Let's just be real, guys. Let's be real. Because they were real. I, I was real. When I went in the Hall of Fame, they said all things that happen off the field should not be a determining factor on do you earn the Hall of Fame or not. Right. I know that's what the rules say, but that's not what humans do. And since humans are, de- uh, are, are discerning the rules and deciphering the rules and implementing uh, and uh, implementing, then that's not what's going on. So there's Irvin. He goes with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he a lot there. He, yeah, he was going with Rodgers. Basically, to sum it up, he was going with Rodgers, the MVP. I'm not going to listen to the whole thing. But <laughs> like, I've had enough of you because you talk trash on the Chiefs too but much. here's ago. the thing. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the name that I'm saying, I'm saying don't, don't count him out. Because if we're going to give all the run to Jonathan Taylor, which, listen, I know how good he is. I, everybody's starting to see how good he is. He had two 2,000-yard years at Wisconsin. The, the other year, 1977. So he's close to do it three times. But he was like fifth, seventh, eighth in the Heisman. Never won the Heisman, but a great running back. Definitely a first-rounder, not a second-rounder like he went. The name I'm talking about is Cooper Cup. And you may say, who? Cooper Cup? Why, why? Well, they know who he is now. But a lot of people didn't know who he was when he went in the third round. He played at FCS, Eastern Washington. Set all sorts of records. Nobody won Cooper Cup. <laughs> Look what he's doing. I did want him, by the way. Uh, by the way, he's got 1,625 yards. There are two receivers in the National Football League with over 100 receptions. Cooper Cup has 122, and Tyree Kill has 102. But Cooper Cup is averaging 116 yards a game. That's more than Jonathan Taylor because he was at 108 yards a game. So he's averaged 116, so eight more yards per game. And he's got 14 touchdowns on the season. Cooper Cup, to me, has entered the conversation. Is he the MVP? No. But if we're going to talk Jonathan Taylor, you have to talk Cooper Cup, which, by the way, his odds are way down there. Not even the top five in odds for the uh, MVP. Jonathan Taylor is. He's at plus 900. He's third in the MVP race. Just saying. you got to throw Cooper Cup in there, too, if we're doing Jonathan Taylor. I'm cool with putting... You know, with with Cooper Cup entering the chat of for MVP, here's my thing though. To me, Jonathan Taylor is my clear cut number one right now. Like clear cut, like I'm putting him. I understand. You know, Tom Brady's been great this year, aside from uh, aside from this past weekend. But I, I give him a pass because you lose your 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 top two receivers, your your top running back in the middle of the game, that's that's hard to overcome especially against a great defense. No so question. I'm not going to I'm not going to kill him for that. Like I understand he he acted like an ass during the game. And he was taunting and yeah. then he called for it and he threw yeah. his surface. You know, he yeah, he 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 looked bad, but like still played great this year. Bucks have been a great team absolutely a contender for a title and I understand Aaron Rodgers you can feel how you feel about him being a a bad person or not Um, he's still a great player I understand why people would put him there because quarterback and I agree with Kyle Brandt that a lot of time writer the voters are petty it's like the Hall of Fame, not putting Barry Bonds in. They get you petty. Yeah. And you want to play judge, oh, yeah. jury, I mean, and executioner. We saw it with Terrell Owens in the you, Hall of Fame. You want to be the moral police, morale police, or moral police, excuse me, and, and make decisions on what guys did. Well, you don't know who did what, in, you know, behind closed doors yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And he's never been busted. But again, you get people on this high ground and they won't overlook the whole COVID thing with Rodgers. And it's not fair because you have to basically base it on what he did on the field. But for me, the reason why I put Jonathan Taylor at the top is because he's carrying that that Colts team. They are exceedingly average, exceedingly average at everything. Carson Wentz is basically Alex Smith. 
exceedingly average at everything. Like, right now, you look at their receiving core, like, Pittman's great, but, like, that's really it, Oh, and by the way, Brady has 900 more yards passing than Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, but, like, Pittman's great, and, like, their defense is, they've got some playmakers in the defense, but if you look at everything about that team is just average, league average. They're middle of the road on offense, middle of the road in defense. Um, they haven't played a too tough of a schedule, but they still have beaten some good teams. They, they, you know, they just went out there and handled the Patriots on Saturday. Like I, I just see a team in the Colts that if out, if without their running back, without Taylor, they're not even in, in the mix for the playoffs. I don't think it's same argument as Derrick Henry Yeah, and they cross each other off and Derrick Henry to me and Derrick Henry to me, if he were healthy, and he had the Titans in this situation. Yeah, I know, right? Eight games. I know, right? So, like, and I said this after the Chiefs, well, before the Chiefs game, I was like, if Derrick Henry plays great and they beat the Chiefs, Derrick Henry has to be at the top of the MVP conversation. I thought he was the best non-quarterback in the NFL. I and and, and, and I and I agree with that. And you look at at this situation now, like right now, the best non-quarterback in the NFL is Jonathan Taylor to me. Like I feel like he is just carrying this team in a way that. You're not seeing other teams do your other players do for their team. And I guess with with Cup, you can make the argument that Stafford's having a good year. Which- Stafford's Stafford's great, and he you know before Woods got hurt, Woods was having a really good year. They got Odell Beckham Jr. there. Like, oh, he's got the second highest yeah. quarterback rating to Tom Brady. Yeah, so I'm saying so. It's like there's a lot more support around him, but like Taylor, besides Pittman, he's got nothing. He's got an average ass quarterback an average ass defense, average ass offense. And he is out here basically Heismaning this team to the playoffs. Like I, I really think that Taylor is the guy that should get the, uh, the MVP. This fair year. enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's, it's going to go to a quarterback. <laughs> I agree, <laughs> yeah. but Taylor should win it. He would get my vote at your vote. I would yeah. vote uh, Cooper cup. But again, we can debate on this many times <laughs> over some beer, whatever we want to do. But coming up next, I'll update you before we get out of here. By the way, it's Missouri 16, Army 7, 13.04 in the third quarter in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. When we come back, I'll update you on the Kansas City Chiefs, what's going on, who got off the COVID list, who went on it today. Update you on that and the Steelers' COVID list as well. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Derek Johnson joins Fesco in the morning, Mondays at 7.30 on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Binkley, Chris Sudocero. Well, Chris, Pro Bowl was announced tonight. Six Chiefs, Orlando Brown, Tyree Kill, Chris Jones. Those are the uh, starters, by the way, for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Tyron Matthew on the list as well. Creed Humphrey got hosed out of the deal. Is an alternate no, he should be on the team, but no. It is what it is. It is the Pro Bowl, but they look good. But he's a great chance to be all pro. Just put it that way. Now, as far as the COVID list is concerned, because I don't know about you, Chris, but do you have family members asking you who's on and who's off? Like, yeah, what have you heard really lately? Because they know you're keeping up with it, right? <laughs> Me and my girlfriend were talking about that earlier yeah. when we had lunch at Old Chicago. Yeah, I, I got relatives, like my aunt and stuff. Like, who's who's on the list? Who's not? They want to be updated. <laughs> like, when, it come, when the list comes out, they want to be updated, right? Yeah. And I, and I love that but because uh, it's just showing their interest in their team. But here's the COVID list. Willie Gay comes off the list. Josh Gordon comes off the list. Good news on those. And, again, when you come off the list and you've had COVID, they can't retest you for 90 days. 90 days. So they don't have to worry. You know, So they're good to go throughout the postseason. And there's some big-time names on here. Chris Jones, Harrison Butker, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, 
Rashad Finn, Blake Bell, Shavarius Ward, Nick Bolton, Kyle Long, Lucas Niang, Armani Watts, Mike Rimmers make up the 12 on the COVID list from the active roster. I will say that Rimmers, by the way, is on the IR, so he he's on the injured reserve. So that one doesn't make as, as, as big of a difference for the Chiefs, obviously, as far as that. No, we wish him good health, obviously, but I'm just saying as far as active players. Now, practice squad, Garrick Dieter, Darius Harris, Therese Fountain. Why is that interesting? Well, Chiefs are going to need their practice squad this week because uh, Dalton Schoen, by the way, from Blue Valley Northwest, re-signed to the practice squad and went to camp with the Chiefs in Paul Adams, the tackle from the zoo on there. Steelers, Montrevious Adams. They had three guys going up today. Zach Banner, Marcus Allen, uh, Malcolm Pridgian is on their practice squad, and the big name is Devin Bush. A couple tackles for losses, a couple sacks, forced fumbles, 66 tackles on the COVID list for the Steelers. So we'll see what happens tomorrow because we'll see if this is a trend with the Steelers. Like the Chiefs had that trend, and the trend kind of really slowed down for the Chiefs today, knock on wood, which was good. The game, by the way, is still scheduled for Sunday. They've not moved any games, and as we get later and later in the week, I mean, it looks you know a lot more clear that there's a really good possibility they'll be playing They'll be playing on Sunday, which which I hope they do, and I hope guys get back. But Andy Reid was asked, and he talked that they've talked about moving this game. Uh, not that I've heard of. No, it hasn't come through me. Has it come through? Uh, his level of concern about this kind of lasting throughout the season. Yeah, I mean we're we're prepared if that happens. Um, I mean you can't predict it. Uh, we went this long uh, without it, and so now we're kind of working through it and. Uh, you see different teams going through these stretches where that happens. And, um, you know, that's kind of where we're at. So I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward. See, I mean, they, nobody does. Like, nobody knows that at all. And obviously his game plan is is different a little bit because of the guys playing or not, although they keep saying they're keeping basically the same game plan, just different faces. This is Andy Reid on trying to game plan when you keep losing guys. No, we're okay. I mean, we're listen, we've got – We've got plenty of bodies and guys that want to play. And so that's how nothing has really changed. Uh, we just, we plug the next person in and here we go. You know, it's kind of how we're rolling right now. How we're rolling right now. See, I like the attitude. It's like, you can't do anything about it, but just don't blink, man. Like don't sweat it. Even though, you know, behind closed doors, you, you might be sweating it. Don't show that you're sweating it. It's what good looters do. And again, Chris, you find out really at these times, when you keep losing players and, you know, the coaches, you can't, you can't complain about it because you can't do anything about it. It is what it is. We're all dealing with it. We're all dealing with it, but it is what it is. The good news is, like I said, when the guys come off, they're not tested again. But, again, teams are going to be hampered by this. We've already seen the integrity of the game somewhat questioned because the Browns were without 18 guys, and they lost by a field goal to the Raiders, and they would have been in first place. That was a big, big COVID loss for the Browns. Yeah, I I'll say this. If there's any coach I could believe is confident losing his two best receivers and and, and still confident about going out there and, and watching the guys on the bench come on the come on the in in, in their stead and play well, I, I would believe it would be Andy Reid. Andy just comes off to me as someone who's confident in his guys, even if they're they're not the best guys he's got to go out there. You gotta be confident, you gotta have a plan. I mean, look at COVID. Andy Reid gets his team to the Super Bowl. Nick Saban wins the national title. Again, prepared yeah. coaches. They, yeah. know what, they know what they're doing. Best coaches, best players. That's how, you, that's how you know when they get their teams prepared in those tough situations. So anyway, we'll watch. I like when uh, 
The Rimmers thing came in afterwards where it looked like all clear play because he was yeah. on the IR. So yeah. you're not going to get the active play. I just hope we hear a, a slew of guys coming off the list tomorrow. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to get some good news here. It's, it's time for good news. It's almost yeah. Christmas time, man. You need Christmas gifts, Get some right? Christmas presents here. Because there's probably a lot of Steelers Chiefs tickets going out on Christmas. Oh, yeah. There's a lot <laughs> of them. Enjoy the game. And again, Steelers are dealing with this problem just like the Kansas City Chiefs are. And their problem just started. Thanks to Chris Inocero for producing the operation. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Merry Christmas, man. See you guys tomorrow, 2 o'clock. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.